Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Cricket Unfiltered. It's our wrap from day four at the Oval. It's not exactly stumps. They've gone off um, halfway through the second session, and it looks like there'll be a significant rain delay. So Paul and I thought we'd jump on and discuss what's been a a fascinating start to the fourth day. Paul um, and listeners, as it stands, Australia are none for 135, chasing 384 for a, a famous win. Well, Paul, great start from Australia. Certainly was, certainly is. Um, the, yeah, the forecast looks pretty dodgy, so it may well be the, the stumps score. I might just begin with a joke. Um, one of my favourite cricketing stories, I think I've told it on the podcast maybe once a long time ago. No one finds this funny except me. Maybe you might as well, men, as I'm not sure. But um, it's a story around, around our, um, us recording preemptively, assuming that it's going to be stumps. There was a county cricket reporter once who was at the game and was filing his copy for uh, the newspaper, but he was off to the theatre that evening, and he wanted to skip away like 40 minutes early. So, so, you know, Sussex versus Hampshire. Sussex batted and were bowled out just as he was ready to leave. So it was perfect. He'd written a nice copy of the whole detail of Sussex's, you know, innings of 220 or whatever. And then he just said to his assistant, "Um, can you just fill in for me? And he's written, at the close, Hampshire were blank for blank, Um, assuming, you know, they'd be... 32 for none or something when he when he closed. So the next day, he's bought the paper, reading his own copy, very happy, very proud of himself. It was good. I got away with it. I went to the theatre, no one knew. And then he got to his last sentence. At the close, Hampshire was 32 for 10. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope that doesn't happen to Australia that we're not bowled out this afternoon. That uh, if that does happen, though, yes. <laughs> we, will, we will be recording um, something either later tonight or tomorrow, but it looks unlikely. Um, quite a bit of action, though, in today's play already. It started off with a guard of honour for Stuart Broad as he came onto the field. England resumed their innings nine down, and um, quite significantly, Jimmy Anderson made a point of not going through the guard of honour, guard of honour, even though I think the Australians sort of thought, you know, it's probably going to be his last Ashes test as well, so we'll 
you know, give him a guard of honour as well, but he wasn't having any of it. Yeah, and I think, I suppose, even if he ultimately, I think part of it is that he's not retiring, but also he probably didn't want to uh, step into Stuart Broad's moment. Um, it was a nice gesture. It was interesting that Stokes decided to bat on, um, and it was a lovely gesture for the man, as I said, who's taken more wickets against Australia than anyone else in Test history. And there wasn't much action. Uh, there was one over from Mitchell Stark, and Stuart Broad... Um, off the last ball of the over, hit a six. So that's his last ball, ball in test cricket that he faced. And next over, Jimmy Anderson was out LBW to Todd Murphy for eight. So England were all out for 395, leaving Australia need, needing 384 for the win or 383 for the tie. That will also guarantee a series uh, winning result for Australia. Um and yeah, that, that's interesting. Broad's hit his last ball for six. Um, I remember Glenn McGrath taking a wicket with his last ball. He certainly didn't hit a six. Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool indeed. Um, hopefully, Broad, um, for Australia's sake, doesn't take a wicket with his last ball. I suppose he could still take one, and it doesn't mean that they win the game. Um, what did you make of McCullum? Uh, not McCullum, I suppose you had a say in it, but um, Stokes batting on this morning. I thought it was fine. Um, uh, you know, I think. I mean, looking at Australia's start, they probably maybe were looking to get the sort of target over 400 for a psychological measure. But I guess the weather is a factor. You know, they probably what wasted half an hour if you look at the change of innings. But yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem with it. No, I mean, and the the forecast, which uh, as I said, for the rest of today looks poor, has actually improved for day five. So just at this moment, as we record, which is about. 20 past 12 Sydney time, um, the, the day five looks like it could actually get through um, without any like rain lost. I mean, that may well change, but still looks like a result is likely in this game. Indeed. So Todd Murphy ended up with four wickets taking that last one, four for 110, Stark four for 100. Hazelwood and Cummins, a wicket each. And then we saw a delightful opening partnership between Warner and Kawaja. Warner is... 58 not out of 99 deliveries. Kawaja, 69 not out of 130 deliveries. And, um, you know, Australia went to lunch 75 uh, for no wicket and then batted well in the hour after lunch before the rain came to save England. Um, you know, really good partnership. Australia got to 100 in uh, 32.1 overs. And, yeah, it was, it was a spirited start for a daunting chase. Certainly was. Um, as I was saying in the show yesterday, it doesn't take much for um, uh, people to start to believe that the chase can be possible and for the, the, the side in the field to start to get a bit nervous, even though um, these chases are always pretty hard and you, you would just assume that at some point there are going to be some wickets falling and then England will um, have a sniff and, and who knows. Uh, but yeah, very, very heartening from an Australian point of view. Great to see uh, David Warner get to fifty. I, I've I know that the the numbers should say that he probably should have been dropped, but I, I still would have picked him each game as a selector, and so I'm 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 really pleased that he's um that he's looking good. Uh, it was interesting that um Moen Ali did bowl, uh, probably didn't have the uh, the energy through the, the crease that he might normally have had, and so Root came on and bowled a fair bit um, after that as well. Interesting as well, they didn't bring um, Mark Wood on until 32 overs. Have I missed something? Why, why was that? Yeah, I was just about to bring that up. They haven't um, said he's injured, but maybe he's carrying a little niggle or something because it was very strange when you look. You, you're right. I mean, Ali and Root bowled um, 
14 overs between them and Wood was the last bowler brought on and immediately hurried up the bat as he hit Kawaja in the back of the head, a nasty blow. Um, so, yeah, very strange. But, yeah, I would think it would be he's got a little niggle and they're sort of, I don't know, trying to save him for a couple of spells. That ball that hit Kawaja for a second looked pretty nasty because it was right at the back of the helmet. I noticed Kawaja doesn't have the sort of extra protection at the back of the helmet either. Um, but, yeah, he, he looked fine. Um, that then prompted them to change the ball, which was interesting, that the ball seemingly being hit by the helmet was enough to put it out of shape. And the new ball that they brought on, well, the, the replacement ball that they brought on, which they didn't bowl with for very long before the rain came, did look like it had a bit more life to it. So it was quite an interesting passage of play just before the rain came. A big pity for another full house of um, people, especially if it's a grandstand finish tomorrow, they'll feel a bit robbed um, today. But um, yeah, and um, there was another incident that I thought reflected how well the the spirit in the sides has been in this series. Um, Jimmy Anderson bowled a, a, a bean ball, um, as a basic off, a full toss at David Warner, uh, probably came through, I don't know, just below throat height. Uh, Warner played it really well. Uh, he got out of the way of it and managed to actually um, glance it through, sort of um, through gully for four. And it was, of course, it was a no ball. Um, Anderson gets a warning. If he does another one, he won't be able to bowl again in the, in the innings. Clearly, it was an, um, a mistake and it slipped. And Anderson apologized immediately. And Warner reacted really, really well, um, uh, accepted the apology and had a chuckle. I mean, it might have been a different reaction if he'd had his finger broken. Uh, but another um, good sign of the of the grace with which the Australians are playing the game at the moment. Yeah, it was, you're right. It was an ugly delivery. Um, yeah, and I thought Warner and Kwasia both played really nicely. There was some, uh, the England bowlers were trying to get the ball to swing, Anderson and Broad and pitching up, and there was some nice drives. Uh, Warner hit a lovely lofted off drive over mid-off off Jimmy Anderson for four. Kawaja was um, using his feet to come down the wicket a little bit to Anderson. So it was great stuff. And, you know, you have to say the rain did come at a good time for England. It, it was just starting to get away from them a little bit. Um, Root, you know, was starting to go for a few. So, you know, they can go off now and sort of have a rethink and put the feet up for a little while. Yeah, Australia was um, – it's funny how there's this, this – every instinct is that you know that this doesn't mean that Australia is anywhere near home, but you get that feeling, oh, this is looking really good, this is looking really good, and you start to think, oh, maybe a wicket's not going to come. Maybe this is going to be the exception when um, um, a batting side does this easily. And it's, it's noteworthy how Crickviz at the moment, which is kind of algorithm-based and therefore sort of dispassionate, has – England still favourites. They've got England 47%, Australia 43%, and the draw 10%. But the bet, Betfair market, which is obviously uh, the punters, which is um, anything but dispassionate, has, um, if you convert it to percentages, um, England only 30%, Australia 58%, and the draw 12%. I think that neatly reflects the the the, the sort of emotional feeling of, oh, the openers are doing it easily, therefore it's going to be easy. And who knows, maybe this will be, as I said, that big exception. But almost every time I've ever watched a decent um, last innings chase, that's not the case. That um, wickets falls in, fall in clumps and usually the batting side um, doesn't win. And the ones where they do win, they are memorable usually for um, something pretty special. Um, one other thing on that, uh, Taylor made a point um, just before they uh, went off, Mark Taylor, that the statistician said that the last 13 wickets in this match have fallen for 650 runs. So uh, at, at the moment, yeah, that you'd say that the pitch is playing pretty easily. 
Yeah, indeed. Um, I think it was when Kawaja went into become the leading run scorer of the series yes. so far, um, almost 500 runs. So stellar stuff, stellar stuff for him. And look, you mentioned, you know, you know, it's a long way away still for Australia to get the victory. But, you know, I think, you know, what it'll take is one of these two to get a big hundred because that's what it, that's what it needs. It needs a, a big hundred from one of these two. They're both, both got to start. One of them needs to go on with it. And then hopefully some of the others can uh, play well as is. But yeah, I'm not feeling nearly as negative as I did yesterday because Australia only need 249 now with 10 wickets in hand. It's uh, eminently possible. And it's remarkable how much of the, the, this um, final passage of play, as we're right at the end of the series, is going to massively colour how this series is viewed throughout um, the rest of history, which is fair enough. Obviously, it's significant. But sitting here right now, it's quite possible for Australia to uh, get these runs, win the series 3-1, and it'll look back. you'll just look back on a triumphant tour and um, all the plaudits, baseball didn't work, et cetera, et cetera. Australia get bowled out. It's two all, and it's, uh, you know England would have won at three two were it not for the um, for the rain. They've had a moral victory. Um, they've got Australia rattled. It's amazing how much we will change our narrative based on the what, the events of the next few hours, and it won't be a little change. It'll be a massive change. Indeed. Well, at least Australia are putting up a fight. Warner and Kawaja are not out. The rain is falling in London. I guess, Paul, we'll catch up either at the end of day five or if there is some play, we'll, we'll catch up before day five and have a, little, have a little chat about it. I guess the danger sign now for Australia is, you know, if the rain clears for a little while and England get a little burst at a sort of under fading light, um, that's a bit of a danger time. So hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully we're there to get out there for a while or day five's uh, a sunny day and Australia can chase it down and, um, it'll be a famous victory and I'll be, you know, saying how smart Cummins is for bowling first. <laughs> I certainly will be. Um, just a couple of quick other things. I, um, there was, I had a, another TV and it wasn't my choice, but the Logies were on, which are actually quite entertaining tonight, the Australian television awards. And, yeah. My friend uh, won Pat Bramwell. Oh, well done. Um, and right at the end, Sam Peng, the host, uh, gave the cricket score, which was kind of cool, which, um, at the time Australia were none for 130. So that brought a rousing cheer, um, in the Logies. And if you listened to the podcast yesterday, I concluded it by saying that I'd written Ben Duckett down in the notes and I wasn't sure why. I've worked it out, which shows how pathetic my brain is. I wrote down Ben Duckett. I meant to write down Harry Brook. I don't know how I wrote down Ben Duckett <laughs> because a friend had pointed out to me that Harry Brook, now having played his 20th innings in test cricket, appears in the list of top averages and he's jumped straight to number two. Uh, so it goes at the moment, Bradman, Harry Brook, Adam Voges. Um, and I just wanted to say, A, congratulations to Harry Brook and let's see where he is at the end of his career. But B, once again, we've got to get it such that it's more than a 20 innings minimum. It's ridiculous. It should be at least 50 innings. Uh, so, yeah, just something that was a bugbear of mine. Totally off topic, but um, hopefully uh, we get on tonight. doesn't look great, but I think we should get a full day five or pretty close to a full day five based on the current forecast. So we should get a result and it's exciting. It's starting to build that feeling of, wow, this could be pretty cool. If Australia could win from here, it would be a, it'd be a, a massive victory. Yeah. Well, it's the hope that kills you, but uh, there's certainly, there is a little bit of hope there. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks Paul. And we'll be back soon. Bye. <laughs> This is a Piccolo podcast production.
Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.